Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you on a gorgeous summer morning here at Political Coffee, where we talk about political issues of the day and how you can use them to change your world. And boy, do we need to change our world right now. Our political world, anyway. And there's lots of other things going on that deserve our attention, including the Christmas tree bill. Now, we'll talk with Senator Dennis Linthicum about that here at the bottom of the hour, as we do on Tuesdays with Senator Linthicum, who's working on a new newsletter. But I have the Christmas tree bill up on the screen. Now, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about this um, great speech. This is actually a piece from yesterday, 166 years ago today. Okay. Abraham Lincoln condemned the racist Democrats for their pro-slavery policies. 166 years ago today. And what's interesting, because the language of this Boy, does it ever fit today, or at least it certainly appears to. There are seven reasons why you should boycott the new Indiana Jones number five movie. It's by Jason Williams, the, the Oregon or the Taxpayer Association of Oregon. It's up on Oregon Catalyst. We're going to briefly weigh in on that. And how about this? The Canby Herald has a, well, it's, it's an unofficial survey, if you will. Oregonians are angry about the DMV data breach, but what could we do about it? Well, there's virtually nothing you can do about it, given the amount of spending that was just spent, because they're not doing anything to fix it. As I take another swig of political coffee this morning, 1,300 people responded to their recent survey asking Oregonians to, all right, what do you think about this massive data breach? This was a hack by a Russian, hello, hello, Joe Biden, poking the bear, the Russian bear, Putin, the hack by a Russian ransomware group. It exposed our names, our home addresses, our driver's license numbers, and part of our social security numbers. More than 95% of respondents, now this is 1,300 people, more than 95% of them said they're no longer, they no longer have confidence in the state's ability to protect their personal information. 80% said they were not satisfied 
with how the state had communicated the breach to the public. And more than 90 percent said they believe the state should offer identity protection or credit monitoring services to Oregonians impacted by the data breach. Now, if most of us don't believe we if 95 percent of us do not have confidence in the state's ability to protect our personal information because of data breaches like this, why would any of us believe that our election systems and our electronic voting machines and systems are secure? Why would you? You wouldn't. If you were going to have a conversation with somebody today, you know, maybe in your world, whatever world that is, about this issue, you might ask them, did you see this poll? 1,300 respondents don't believe that the state can protect our personal information. 95% of 1,300 people don't think our state has the ability to protect personal information. Wow. That's because of the DMV data breach on 3.5 million Oregonians. Now, there's only 4.2 or 4.3 here total. Wow. You see, these are 3.5 million Addresses, names, social security numbers, driver's license numbers of drivers, of driver's licenses in Oregon, and those pesky little ID cards, you know, for the illegal aliens. So they can drive around, so they can have IDs. Of course, we can't dare show ID to go vote, but boy, we can sure give them to the illegals. Well, they got their compromised information stolen along with ours. So again, you want to have a conversation? Given the massive data breach, our entire DMV database, folks, was hacked by the Russians. Why would we think that our election system couldn't be hacked also and the results manipulated? Just think, and then think back to the Halderman report talked about how easy that was just saying folks just saying 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line 503-589-1220 emails to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news The Weaponization Committee in the U.S. Congress, by the way, released a report on the unconstitutional censorship efforts by the Department of Homeland Security and CISA. You know, that's that group that is mentioned in this article you know, about the DMV data breach. This is the same group that said this was the 2020 election was the most secure election in history. 
That same group and the Department of Homeland Security is accused of unconstitutional efforts to silence undesirable voices. And then the insanity is about this transgender nonsense is going even further. A Texas college fires a biology professor for teaching students that sex is determined by chromosomes. Let me say that again. A biology professor is fired for teaching students that sex is determined by chromosomes. By the way, folks, have you seen the crazy leftist response? You know what they're saying about RFK Jr. now? I mean, they have to attack and destroy him, right? Because he's about to take over <laughs> Joe Biden in the, in the Democrat primary for president. They're now saying, well, he's taking testosterone and steroids to look so beefy. Then CNN aired an audio leak from, no doubt, the uh, special prosecutor's office of Trump saying nothing. Folks, if I'm Judge Eileen Cannon, I'm probably throwing this case out because of this. There's only one place this leak could have come from, special prosecutor's office, special counsel's office. Now, why did they do it? Well, she slapped them down yesterday by denying them the request to have 85 witnesses, their names kept secret. Folks, she need, so the question is, did they do this on purpose? Did the special counsel's office leak this on purpose because they know they're going to lose and they want her to throw it out? Oh, they're going to go back at Trump another way, but that's an interesting thing. Let's go to Art. Art, good morning to you. How are you, friend? Good morning, Jeff. Target-rich environment. we got so much to Boy. talk about and never yes. enough time to do it. Uh, you know, it's just dang ridiculous. But I wanted to comment. Number one, uh, we definitely need to get better leadership uh, in our agencies here in the state. DMV, uh, Human Services, uh, the list is just extensive. And uh, our governor... Uh, does a piss-poor job of selecting qualified people to run our agencies. Typical example of this is what went on in the employment division with their computer system and stuff. Uh, couldn't even handle the pandemic situation. But we must, we must insist that our governor uh, <laughs> puts people in place in our agencies 
that are going to run them efficiently and effectively. Do you know any agencies here in the state of Oregon that are run efficient and effectively? Heck no. Um, that's why it's real important uh, for us to be engaged and start making positive changes uh, so that our state is run correctly. And for too long, the governor's office, the AG's office, have, you know, just not run and done their jobs. And the list is extensive of those who are not doing their jobs. They're sitting around collecting their wages and doing a piss poor job. I could go on for hours, Jeff. You and I both yeah, know, I know. <laughs> the, you and I both know the major problems that are here in the state, and we have to start being proactive instead of reactive. One of the things that I've talked to you about is, you know, filing charges against agency heads. Uh, and and uh, as far as official misconduct goes, that law is not used enough, and it should be. Agreed. And I think you're doing that, and we'll have to talk more about that in the future. Thanks, Art. Excellent God bless point. you. Filing charges, corruption charges against agency directors, folks. Yeah, it's time to go on offense on a whole lot of things. Back in a moment, 620. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 23 minutes past the top of the hour. State Senator Dennis Linthicum joins us at the bottom to talk about what he's, his newest newsletter is going to reflect in, well, the end of the legislative session. And in a moment, I'll share with you just some of the, a few of the financial highlights. Now, the real issue is this. You know, I'm going to ask those of you in the audience especially those of you who are going to be at the political coffee clatch tonight at six o'clock at the honky tonk bar and grill. You're in Salem on McGill crest out by the airport. Mark Thielman is our speaker. Yesterday he argued in federal court, oral arguments about his lawsuit. This lawsuit that the state is desperately trying to keep hidden. We want to find out, and you will find out tonight, how he thought that went and what's the next steps as the state and all these counties try to dismiss it. We'll hear that tonight at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill. By the way, where Diana, the owner, has been very gracious to delay the karaoke night, which is Tuesday nights from six until eight. 
Tonight, we're going to have Mark Thielman talking about this issue. This is also, for those of you who attend, and this is the point I'm trying to get out here, I'm going to ask you to start going through House Bill 5506, line by line. It's a big bill, folks. What is it, 123 pages? I think that's what it is. 124 pages. Now look, folks, we want to find the pork, district by district. Senate and House districts. Tim Canope and the two House members from his district in Bend, Central Oregon, were bragging on Twitter about all the money they got. For what? For sticking around and cutting deals with Democrats. You know, to pass bills like House Bill 2002C, which still removes parental rights with a loophole big enough, like I said, to drive my John Deere combine through, which is pretty big. Which is why half of the Republicans in the House walked out. And the number two and number three Republicans resigned. Now there's trouble afoot in the House Republican caucus, and there ought to be because of their horrible leadership. And that's what it is, it's horrible leadership. I'm gonna ask you to begin looking at this document. I just only need a couple of you to take this on. I want you to go through it line by line and find the pork. It will be listed, it will be listed there by specific area or city typically, or maybe a county. And then just look up and see who is the representative or the senator there. And see if they're out bragging about all the money they got for selling us out, selling out our inalienable rights as parents to determine the health of our children. That's what they did. I want to thank Power Honda again for being one of our sponsors. They're part of the Power Auto Group. And you know the Power Auto Group sponsors this call-in talk line, 503-589-1220. That's what it is, 503-589-1220. They also specifically sponsor this show. They're down in Albany. If you're looking for a brand-new Honda, it's really easy to see the inventory. They have usually over a 1,000 vehicles in stock ready to go. That's a lot. It's a lot for you to choose from. Now, they're not all new. They have some pre-owned certified vehicles. They're easy to find. You walk, drive down I-5. You get off at the south end of the Albany Airport, which is right on the freeway, on Highway 20. Go east towards Bend. They're about four blocks down on the right. MyPowerHonda.com. Check them out. MyPowerHonda.com. Seven Reasons to Boycott Indiana Jones by Jason Williams. They're taking all kinds of political shot, um, pot shots. Number one, they 
Well, they talk down capitalism. Imagine that. That's number one. Number two, the company violated Spielberg's, Steven Spielberg's Holocaust pledge. Number three, they vandalized the character of Indiana Jones beyond recognition. Yeah, now he's divorced. His son got killed in Vietnam and he's passed out as a drunk, shirtless. They're selling out the brand to cash in on a spin-off. The shallow, morally bankrupt heroes and dishonest promotion. And finally, Disney has a history of anti-competitive antics. Yeah, they do. In fact, they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars from all of these woke films. Boycott them, folks. Back in a moment, Senator Dennis Linton. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 24 minutes before the top of the hour. Great to have you back with us on a gorgeous summer morning. Joining us on Tuesdays, as normal, is State Senator Dennis Lenticum. Good morning, Senator. Good morning, Jeff. It's uh, good to be here, and you're right. It is a beautiful day out, and um, it's a great day to be alive and uh, go about doing the things you're supposed to be doing. So um, I want to encourage everybody to stay at it, stay involved. This is our time. Otherwise, you know, who knows what the left will do if we give up the ship. And so we've got to stick to it with great perseverance. Amen to that. So, uh, legislative session is over. Um, three of your colleagues decided to provide quorum to the Democrats. I found it interesting that House Bill 2002C, supposedly the amended version, that was the deal, right, that restored parental rights, doesn't do that. It has massive loopholes in it. That was noted by the state representative who is serving in the district I used to serve, Ed Deal, as reason why he not only chose not to vote, he chose to walk out. Half of the Republicans in the House walked out. Half. Their number two and number three leaders resigned abruptly and then walked out. Now, you've been in public service in the legislature a long time. What does that tell you when your leadership resigns and walks out? What does that tell you about what's going on inside their caucus? Well, yeah, we we face this all along. You know, we had 11 members who were, quote, united. We were the block wall. We were there to stand against the progressive agenda. And um, we got into negotiations and the Democrats successfully 
kicked a couple of the blocks out of the center of the wall and the weight of the wall, the ability of the wall to withstand this onslaught of, you know, part of the brickwork, the structure, the concrete, the cement, the ability to stand together was just kicked right out from the middle and the wall crumbled right before our eyes. And, and that's what makes this quorum denial thing so, um, so extremely hard is you need everybody to stick to it. And there's a mindset. Yesterday I was at the, um, the Weiss event in Oregon City. I would rather be there than be at the sine die, you know, hoopla that happened in the Capitol. Weiss right. is wisdom, integrity, science, and evidence. It was a uh, children's health defense Oregon chapter event. And one of the presenters, Jonkus, was there and did a great job. Trisha Lindsay was there. She's an attorney from New York. And um, we, we, we had a great, great day as a full-day event. And um, what's interesting is that one of the presenters had a slide that says, if government schools, and then they went on to talk about how government schools are failing or whatever, and it was kind of a what do we do? And the government schools label is an interesting label because government is the shield that politicians use to hide behind. Supposedly, government runs the Department of Transportation, but really our governor does, our majority party does, a political aspect is in the Department of Transportation, and they decide to pave the road over there instead of the road that's falling apart in the middle of your town. And this happens across rural Oregon all the time. The government schools is a school system created by political hacks. The public health system is a system created with patronage and monies and funding coming from politicians so the question isn't why would we allow government schools to teach our kids this It's why would we allow 30 senators to teach our kids this and it turns out there's really only 20 25 because five of us never went back and um and out of those 25 only half of them you know a minority of 16 voted in favor of most of these bills that came rushing through this last week and most republicans were there providing quorum but still voting no but it's not government none of these things is government the department of revenue is not a government agency to collect taxes the Department of Revenue is a agency created by politicians who want the power, want the control, and want to be able to rule your life or ruin your life as patronage um, de- defines. You know, so that's why we have this great divide. Half the people in our country know they're getting hung out to dry, and the other half are lavishing in the riches. That's right. It's called pork and House Bill or excuse me, Senate Bill 5506 has lots of pork in it. Looking at a story about that, including 22 million for wildfire prevention and firefighting in Oregon. Well, that that affects rural communities. So let me ask you this. 
For those of you who stayed out, didn't come back, the five of you, and for the 12 House Republicans. Now, it's different that 12 House Republicans who walked out and didn't vote got excused absences as, quote unquote, part of the deal. You guys in the Senate didn't. But if there is specific spending in your districts, does it get line itemed vetoed by Tina Kotek well, now yeah. because you walked out? Right, right. There's the question. Um, and, you know, the chances are if it's if it's big enough, it, it certainly will. The, the D's really are extremely good at sloganeering, making empty promises, never keeping the promises, breaking deals. Uh, in the end, uh, big government will strangle your little business um, and and grow government, grow the bureaucracy, grow the enforcement mechanism, and they'll spend money like there's no tomorrow because this is how you increase uh, your influence. Everybody's willing to do something for a couple of nickels. And um, and so the, when we allow the governor, the Democrat Party, the majority party to take over government like this, instead of stopping them with our brick wall, demanding accountability, when you no longer demand accountability, when you can get on the on the radio or the TV and just tell the lie that sounds like it came out of the Babylon Bee, um, we, we, we really need to persevere. We didn't get into this hole overnight and we're not gonna crawl out of it overnight, but this is where I need to ask all your listeners to persevere. Stay at it, stay on their yes, backs, keep absolutely. chewing on them and yes. never let them get an inch. Well said, Senator. So I got to ask you a feel question. So how do you now feel as a as a legislator who has potentially uh, gave up, given up rather, your future of public service, at least uh, at the state Senate level because of Measure 113? How do you feel about your fellow senators who in essence took bribes and are now bragging about it, Tim Canope, his two House members, bragging about all the money they got for their districts on Twitter. How do you feel about them doing what they did to you? How does it make you feel? And what do you think the impact of that is down the road? Well, the impact is really negative because you have to ask yourself, look at if this happened to these conservative Republicans, 10 guys are potentially out of office um, because of the measure 113. If these guys are out of office and a, a couple of uh, females too, so just generic, you know, old fashioned language, if these senators are now out of office because they violated measure 113, which I think is our constitutional right to file a grievance, to complain, to speak our minds, to I agree. boycott, 
Yes. And and we uh, we put ourselves on the line. We said we're going to stand together. We're going to do this. And then all of a sudden you you get, um, you know, scabs break the strike line. You're you're you've been betrayed. That's essentially all these values you were promoting um, just got flushed. And the hard part that we face is how do we avoid um, shooting all quote Republicans as traitors, all office holders as traitors, when it's really on an individual basis. It's individually, uh, uh, somebody has to get held accountable at the voting booth. And that's why uh, Jonkas yesterday and Thielman were, uh, came by the Weiss event. And, you know, Jonkas said, you know, you're one of the complainants. You can sit at our council table if you want to. And I said, no, thanks. Diane and I are <laughs> headed home. We've been up here long enough. But uh, it'll be a good report tonight at the the, the coffee um, event that you've got going. Because Thank you, Senator. We'll get to explain the whole yes, thing. Yes, he will. We're at the end of our time. So appreciate you joining us. Look for- Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. Last segment for today. I do appreciate Senator Linthicum taking the time to chat with us. It always goes so fast, and it is so important to talk about things that are important. And I'll get into that in a moment. I just, folks, 90 degrees is where we're headed coming Monday. Yeah, no kidding. If you're not comfortable at home because your AC system just isn't doing it, why don't you call Freedom Heating and Air? They'll come out and figure out how to make your life comfortable. Not just in your home, but in your business too. It's that simple. It's that easy. Go to their website, freedomheatingandair.net. It's all one word. Freedomheatingandair.net. Check it out. Look at all the great benefits, all the great services that they offer. But emergency services is a big piece of that. So again, get ahead of the power curve. Or rather, the heat curve. Because it's coming. Give them a call. 503-580-1456. freedomheatingandair.net. Yeah. Tonight's political coffee clatch, Mark Thielman's going to be there to talk about how the oral arguments went yesterday in federal court in his lawsuit. Go to battlegroundoregon.org. Battlegroundoregon.org. Stay up on what he is doing all around the state. And by the way, folks, I... I'm not going to talk too much about this. Maybe he'll talk about it tonight if you ask him. His organization is working to do a lot of things and are helping other groups fight battles in court and fight battles that need to be won. Okay? Oral arguments. They have a scroll across here. 
they will it was yesterday at three o'clock in the afternoon there's a big big headline about it on their website ask him about it tonight how when what are the next steps but ultimately what's the impact and what is he trying to achieve with this because you see it's more than just elections folks it's far more than that elections matter look at what just happened in in the legislative session now i'm going to tell you that mark thielman and i are beginning to have a series of conversations but how we fuel, and this is on their website, battlegroundoregon.org, how we fuel the red wave here in Oregon, the conservative wave. And I'm not just going to say red. It's more than red. You see, the red would include the rhinos who sold us out, sold out your parental rights, your God-given rights, with loopholes in House Bill 2002 so big, again, you could drive my combine through it. Those are Republicans. They're part of the Red Party. We need more than just Red Party, folks. We need people of character, like Dennis Linthicum, Kim Thatcher, Brian Boquist, Art Robinson, others. And like my representative, my former representative, Ed Deal, the district that I used to represent in the House of Representatives. Unfortunately, my representative provided quorum and no doubt got lots of pork for this district. Because you see, the deal was, as a state representative told Mark Cosby, $2 million for your district if you don't walk out. So that's why I asked Senator Linthicum that question. Does Tina Kotek line item veto spending in your district if you didn't come back, if you stayed out? Mark Thielman is at the forefront of this, folks. And we're going to be working on strategy and a plan. How to propel people of character and honor who will stand rock solid and not cave in, not get bought off, not sell us out, not sell out our God-given rights of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, our parental rights, like Tim Canope did, Findlay, Bill Hansel. They sold us out, folks. Those are the people that we need to elect at all levels of governance in Oregon. They can't steal every vote. They may try, but they can't. Mark Thielman is our speaker tonight at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill at the Political Coffee Clatch, 6 o'clock. Check it out. Julie writes an email about the data breach. Several years ago, my medical insurance company, they gave all affected persons who had been hacked free credit checks. My father, who by this time had passed, was given the same service. Oddly, his account had problems. The state owes us this service. Further, the computer systems must be replaced with a system with safeguards. This will require a house cleaning and the removal of the nepot 
nepotistic appointment. Hiring a person who checks the ability to do the job box, not the political payback, gender, race, or purple, their boxes. That's right. The corruption in Oregon rivals that in the federal DOJ. It does, sadly. Doug writes about feds caught acting like neo-Nazi goons at Patriot marches. Yes. He said, I saw the same stage controlled opposition PSYOP going back into Portland in the early 2000s. Back then, I found it strange that all the masked anarchists who marched around downtown getting rowdy in the faces of the cop wore the same police-issued boots as the Portland police. Seems so strange that the anarchist goons happened to all shop at the same boot seller as the Portland police. Imagine that. John McDonnell says, how to contact legislators after the session. Now that the current legislative session is over, how do we contact the legislators? Do they still monitor their email and phones, or is there an alternative method for us to communicate with? That's a great question. Yes, they still have staff that monitor their emails. So what you should do if you are a, especially if you're a constituent, now, even if you're not, that's okay. You want to write a personal email. I wouldn't recommend a um, a letter, a handwritten letter at this time. Write them a personal email. Look at their schedules and get on their newsletters so they will tell you when they're going to have a town hall and then go meet them at their town hall. Ask to meet with them one-on-one at a coffee shop or something like that prior to anything. Very Thanks, friends, for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow. Political Coffee Clutch tonight, 6 o'clock at the Hockey Club. Mark, don't miss it.